Okay, today's reading is Galatians 2, 11 through 21. It can be found on page 1075 of the Bibles next to your seats, as well as on the screen. This is God's word. When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain people came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, so that by their hypocrisy, even Barnabas was led astray. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them all, you are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile and not like a Jew. How is it then that you force Gentiles to follow Jewish customs? We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to pray with me. Our God of grace, we come to you with our lives within your view, even if we're hiding them from others. We come to you with joys, we come to you with gratitude. Others of us come with pain, great struggle. Um, some of us in shock or grief or loss, some of us facing something that we thought life would not contain this, life would not bring this my way, we never in a million years considered it. Some of us come with great doubts, some of us come with great faith, and from all these different places, we're, we're, all, we're all more broken than we care to admit. We draw our hope today from the consistent message from your story that says, even though we're more broken than we want anyone to know, that in Christ we are more loved and accepted than we ever imagined. So at the same time, we're flawed and forgiven. We're soiled and saved simultaneously. It is very difficult to live with those two things in view, so we pray that your Holy Spirit would help us now. Help us to grow in your grace as we listen to it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, key words in the passage, he began to draw back. He began to draw back. Peter, you know, one of the big dogs in the early church. Peter began to draw back from the Gentiles. I found myself on Tuesday sitting in an airplane from L.A. to Sacramento, and I was sitting right next to someone who was dressed in this really conservative outfit. She's a um, conservative Mennonite. 
So it's one of those really, really ancient-looking dresses with a bonnet, everything real simple. I'm sitting next to her on this hour-long flight. You know, what do you think that's going to be like? It was, it was marvelous, actually. Um, I got to talking with her. Um, her name is Cindy, and she, she's a, probably like 30, 35 years old. Her parents started a bake shop in a small town I had never heard of called Bangor. Yeah? All right? So maybe you've been to the Bangor Bake Shop. It's the only, apparently, yeah? Apparently in Bangor, that's an hour north, there's all there is is a post office, a feed store, and the Bangor Bake Shop, which started six years ago. And every morning, Dad makes these cinnamon twists. Just picture, just picture exactly what you'd picture with a, like a 65-year-old Mennonite farmer-looking guy. I saw him when we got off the plane at the airport, so I know what Dad looks like. Dad makes these cinnamon twists because they don't have a deep fryer, and, he, and, and these sell out by 10 o'clock, these $1 cinnamon twists. They sell an average of 20 pies a day, I think is what it is when they're open. Um, amazing. This was, a, this was a wonderful, fact-filled journey <laughs> in the air. Um, I learned all kinds of stuff about the Bangor Bake Shop. But it was delightful. It really was. And at one point, the, probably my funnest part about it was when she told me that the, one of the owners of the building, previous owners, um, uh, she believes that he... Um, because I don't think this family is connected to technology. I think that's one of the parts of kind of the belief system. So she said, I, I think that he, he got our, an advertisement of our business onto the Internet. And, um, and she said a couple things in there, you know, kind of, kind of ways you wouldn't talk about the Internet if you, you know, kind of live in the Internet world, you know, the, the interwebs and the... You know, things like, she just said a couple things that were just clearly like, you've never even, you know, seen this. You don't know any about, any, it was so cute and precious. And she said, and some people have actually seen our advertisement on the internet and come to our store. <laughs> and when we landed and we could turn the phones back on, I took great pleasure in pulling out the Yelp advertisement for her family business that she had never seen in her life, right? Oh, <laughs> right there on the phone, on the airplane. Um, I might have violated some kind of code. I probably should have asked for forgiveness. Yeah. And then as we walked off that tunnel and went out, she was ahead of me, and I noticed something. I noticed how all the eyes, if you've ever been in an airport and you've seen how many people are around when you come out of a tunnel, most of the eyes were locked in on her as she walked through. And I thought, isn't that interesting? One of my thoughts is, as we look at this passage of someone, uh, one of the pillars of the faith, faith, drawing away from Christian community, I thought, how many of us, based on something we see in someone else, erect some kind of barrier, and we don't have a conversation, we don't enter towards, we draw away? I thought, you know, it really is quite strange that this woman has never even heard of Yelp or seen it. In, in many ways, why has that? I wondered if some of that might be because uh, human nature is to see someone that looks so different, looks disconnected, and not to pursue a connection. In fact, to build up walls and distance and draw away. Do we do that? I think we do that. Think about all the arenas in your life. Is there, is there any arena in your life, any realm in your life that is free of relationship difficulty? 
where there's some barrier, some wall that's been erected? Is there any, do you have any realm in your life, really, that's, that's a, you know, there's all these relationships over here. Oh, yeah, the, you know, there's not a single person in which I look at them and I say, oh, boy, here we go with them again, right? Oh, boy, I can't even t- speak with that. I don't even want to be in a room with that, you know. We're, we're distanced from each other because they did, you know, or I did this, or this. Almost in every realm, right? You find there's some, what, what is it about humanity? We're, we're, we're constantly building more walls than we are doors in relationships and in community. And if you start to peel back, and I only say this not because I know you, but because I know me. If you start to peel back and peel through the layers, you find somewhere in there, there's some sense of superiority that you have. There's, you, might not, you might say, oh, that's so harsh, but dig deep. You eventually get there. You eventually get there, right? Yeah, you guys know, right? You, eventually you get there, and you see, yeah, I actually think, you know, I'm better than that person. I actually think they're beneath me. I actually think that, um, that they're just not seeing things correctly. I actually think they don't match up enough with my views to be valid in my sight. In many ways, we, we're building relationships on credentials, you know, the credentials need to line up, need to match up. You need to be up to a certain bar for me. Now, what if in, human, human, uh, what if in humanity there was a way out of this? What, I mean, wouldn't that solve just about everything? If there was some way that, you know, that you could just not, you could instinctively, imagine a world, you see a difference between you and someone else. You get automatically curious about them, and you automatically move towards them, <laughs> right? What, how many problems might that solve? Imagine the world... I think I've discovered it. I think, I've, I, think I just had the, the moment there, guys. I think we figured it out. Actually, no. The gospel that is in the Christian faith actually, actually has something. Christians actually have something, and we call it the gospel. And it's something that actually does that. And it's not, it's not almost, almost what everybody expects is that um, what I would say next is that it's, it's something that you need to do. It's some, some, some insight that the Christianity has that nothing else has that's going to show you the way to try harder, to be better, to do this thing. And the gospel, does, it doesn't do that. It doesn't give you something to do that's going to create that. It actually gives you an experience of welcome that is so rich and so real that if you're in touch with it, it will flow out of you and it will transform you from the inside and turn you into a welcoming person. It will turn you into that person who's curious about differences if the gospel's at work in your life. The gospel is um, credential-free belonging with God. See, did you see the really clever sermon? I mean, sermon titles have to be really clever, right? Credential-free since AD 33. It's really good, right? Right? I, I feel like that might be a best ever. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to parade my credentials or anything, but... The gospel is credential-free belonging. The gospel is credential-free welcome. It's credential-free relationship. It's credential-free. It flows out into credential-free community. And really, we're just, we're just super fixated on credentials and how they match up with other people's. I got to see, it rarely happens, but because of an anniversary outing uh, and kids with uh, the grandparents, got to go see a movie at the Tower. They're showing The Lobster. Um, if you've seen it, you're like, yeah, hmm. It, really dark comedy, um, super odd film. Before We were getting something to eat before the movie, and these two women sat down next to us, um, probably in their late 60s, and one of them, they sat down, and one of them said to the other, well, that was the strangest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and the other one said, I can't think of any stranger. 
And I was like, I wonder if they saw the movie we're about to go in and see. And, it, and I, two minutes into the movie, I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but in this movie, there's this great interaction. There's one of the threads of it is, is in order to match in a relationship, in order to find your partner in life, you know, your, your marriage partner or whatever, in order to do that, you need to have some compatibility. You have to have something in common. So there's this amazing conversation where these guys are sitting around, they're at this hotel where you're supposed to meet your match, and one of them says, so there's a guy who has a permanent limp in his leg. And, uh, and so one of the guys says to him, you know, a girl came in yesterday, did you see her? She's got a limp. And, he's, and, the, and they're all kind of like, oh, wow. And he, sa- and he says, nah, she, nah, I know, she sprained her ankle, she'll be walking perfectly normal in two days. And then, both, and then one of the other guys goes, oh, that's too bad. And the other one says, yeah, that's too bad. Right? Because ha- it, it has to be a really similar compatibility thing. And you can imagine the shenanigans that follow with these guys trying to pretend they're compatible with something. And um, it, it's, it's pretty funny stuff. Um, we're, we're, you know, in many ways it's a dystopian movie, right? But it's... But it's it, it, it teases out something that's actually kind of out there, that's in us, is this search for likeness, sameness. If you look at verse 16, um, as, as we put sort of our thinking caps onto the situation in Galatia that Paul is writing to, he says, we know that a person is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. He says, we too have put our faith in Jesus Christ that we may be justified by faith in Christ, not by observing the law, because by observing the law, no one will be justified. Now, we're in the world of credentials. And do you have the credentials to belong? And in Galatia, in this region of churches, Paul had been there to start the churches and other people had infiltrated with a teaching. And um, it may sound kind of harsh uh, to call it infiltrating. Paul probably would have felt like it was infiltrating because this, this damaging teaching was starting to really shift the whole center of gravity of these, these Christian communities. And it was starting to cause people drawing away. And actual theological teaching was causing division. And these people were called, he talks about them as the Judaizers because they Judaize. They, they're inviting these Gentile Christians to become Jewish to make sure that they've, they've followed through on the purity laws of the Jewish faith and taken on a Jewish identity so that they can be certain that they're acceptable before God. You know, kind of like if you're not fully in with the Jewish part, uh, you can't really be sure that, that faith in Jesus the Messiah is enough. So there's all these Old Testament purity codes. Dozens of reasons why you can become unclean. You can become unclean because of a bodily fluid. You can become unclean because of a sickness. You can become unclean because of something you touched. All kinds of laws, all kinds of things that the ancient ancient Israelites were, were told by God that represented their cleanness before God. And not only that, but even if you were completely clean, you hadn't touched a dead animal, you know, you didn't have any of these things going on, you're clean by way of the code still to go into the presence of God, you still needed a blood sacrifice before you could go in. And, and basically what the Judaizers in Galatia are saying is, is let's, let's really pay good attention to those. Let's lift those up high and let's, let's honor those. Let's not throw those by the wayside. Those are really important parts of the story of God's grace. You've got to dig into those purity laws and make sure you're clean. 
But this is what, this is what Paul's saying. When he says in verse 16, um, a person is not justified by observing the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put on faith, our faith in Jesus Christ that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by observing the law. What he's basically saying is, you don't honor these laws now that Jesus has come. You don't honor them by raising them up and following them like this. You honor them by acknowledging and putting your faith in the one who fulfilled them. So, so, so the best way to, to honor these purity laws, these clean laws, this code of like our distance between God because of impurity is to, is to celebrate the one who is now, in a sense, taking care of them and fulfilled them all and made it, made it so that you don't have to. So you lift those up and you call them what they are. They were foreshadowing something that was going to happen incredible in our relationship with God. The final sacrifice, the final purity is now ours and we're let in. But they were trying to do Jesus plus credentials. Um, and Paul's, Paul's just trying to lay out over and over theologically and practically the absurdity of trying to add, G, add something to the credentials that you already have through Jesus. Jesus is your, are your credentials. There's no other ones you have to put alongside of it. In fact, we think Jesus plus these purity codes, this is the thinking, Jesus plus the purity cords, uh, codes, certainly that's more than just Jesus. To add, I mean, addition means more, right? So Jesus plus purity codes equals more. And what he shows when he, when he, um, he mentions, I love that he says this, this way at the end of our passage in verse 21. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. What he's saying is to try to say Jesus plus something is actually a negative. Jesus plus is setting aside grace. You actually end up having less if you say Jesus plus your credentials. We all do this. It's not just some, some first century odd, you know, quirky Jewish religious thing that, we, that doesn't make any sense. Um, we're all, in a way, it's very difficult for us to come to God and just say, we'll go ahead and, and just come to you on only the credentials given to us from the outside by Jesus. We want to do Jesus plus. It's like, have you ever seen one of these giant... Uh, cruise ships or just a really huge battleship or a container ship and, and you see the anchor following off the side. Hanging on the side, dangling there is this anchor. For a ship that's huge, it looks small at first, but it's, it's actually a huge anchor. It's massive in weight, but it's not just the weight that, that actually does the, keeping the ship in place amidst the tide and the storms. It's actually the way the anchor is constructed as well, so that when the ship starts to pull it, it actually digs downward and anchors itself down into the, into the soil. So the weight of it isn't actually even enough being down there. It needs to get the weight of the earth behind it. If you're on a ship like that, if you're on a huge cruise ship, first of all, if you're on a cruise, invite me, just saying. I'd, I'd love to come along. Um, if you're on a cruise ship, how ridiculous would it be if you see him drop the anchor because a storm's coming, and you say, you know what? I'm going to help the situation. I've got a brick and I've got a big, long roll of dental floss. I'm going to tie this thing on and chuck it over. And, you know, I think that's really, I think I'm doing, I think now we're good. <laughs> right? That's the absurdity. That's the absurdity of what's happening in Galatia and what we all do in our relationship with God. We try to show, we try to front with our credentials. We try to bring it. And quite frankly, everybody who walks into a church, there's something about our default drive of our human heart. We walk into a church and we expect someone, what, what's going to be given me today is someone's going to hand me a rule or a code or a thing that I can do 
and maybe some inspiration to do it, maybe a, you know, a picture of a puppy um, and a, a cute story, and then I'm going to be inspired to do this new code, this new thing. It's just a brick. It's just a little brick. It's not your anchor. Many of you, your, your friends, even your family, um, they assume that what you're doing when you're sitting here right now is, is getting you know, a few more bricks, getting your bricks together, to throw over, overboard and, and say, this is doing something. Well, no wonder, if that's the view, no wonder they don't want to be here, right? No wonder there's all this, this kind of tension towards religion. That doesn't do anything, right? They have no idea what anchor you have access to. They have no idea the anchor you have. Do you know about it? And then the troubling thing of this passage, last of all, is that if, you, if your relationship with God is built on your credentials, eventually you're going to exclude. You're going to be exclusive. You're going to push people away. You say, no, 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 no. I, I believe in tolerance. I believe in connect. No. If, if your belief system with God is built on your credentials, eventually somewhere, it might not feel like it right away, but at some point you're going to have to exclude someone because somebody's credentials aren't, aren't enough. They don't line up with the credentials you believe are important. You have to exclude. You have to distance yourself. You have to push them away. You have to, you're going to cause hurt and pain. You're going to be that person if your relationship with God is built on your credentials. I was talking before the service in our prayer time, and I said, um, I said, I wasn't going to say this, but I said, you know, it's crazy to prepare a sermon like this, and constantly, I, as a leader of this church, as the one who started it, am constantly drawn in to imagine somehow my credentials or my behavior or something of my genius or lack of genius is the cause of this church doing well in a particular season or not doing well. I mean, I stand here as someone who is just wrapped up in this exact gospel dilemma all the time. To learn the heart of the gospel message is not something that you learn just as you walk into the, you know, into the line of faith and for the first time you become a Christian. It's the message you need every day from here on out. And so Paul says, this is, the, this is the, probably the gem of this whole book, is when he says, when I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, in verse 14. The gospel is not just something you just, you just learn, and, hey, I got that, now I move on to collecting bricks to throw overboard. No, the gospel is the thing you constantly need. You constantly need to remember you have the anchor so you're not putting your faith in these bricks. Right? And it ends up, so if you've experienced this welcome of God, it, in line with that, if you've experienced credential-free welcome with God, then in line with that, you will build credential-free relationships in your life. It will flow out. And that's living in line with the gospel. So Paul sees, and he tells the story of what he saw in Antioch about people not drawing, but drawing towards, but drawing away. And he says, that's not in line with the gospel. It's obvious. The gospel draws together people with differences. The gospel is very difficult to understand. The, uh, Christianity is just so different from everything else. It's like, um, I don't have, uh, thankfully, much experience with this, um, but uh, some of you, see, I see it in the movies. You know, the, the classic seen in the movie with a nightclub with a line out the door and everybody's trying to get in. You know, some of you, you know, maybe that's your world, but me, family of six, four small kids, it's not, it's not my life, um, thankfully. And so the, the deal is, right, the premise is there's a nightclub, it's exclusive entry, you either have to know the owner or the bouncer um, or someone who can get you in 
Or your credential has to be that, that you're recognized instantaneously. Oh, that's you. Oh, come right on in. I see you. I know who you are. Or then what's left if you're not one of those two things? Then you have to stand there and posture, right? And, and you know, kind of like, you know, you got your best clothes on and, you know, your makeup and hair, whatever your thing is. You get a suit and tie and, you know, posturing. You know, look at me. Look what I have. You know, don't I belong? Look at my credentials. See this? The credentials, right? The, if you're to think about the gospel like a, night, like a nightclub, here's a new thing. If you're, to, if you're to think of the gospel like a nightclub, it's, it's, the, it's the one where you come and the only way in is if you have no credentials. Anybody who comes and says, hey, I got, and it's like, nope, sorry, nope. The only way to get in with God, the Christian faith says, is to have nothing, is to come with nothing. That's the only way in. It's very exclusive because there are a lot of people who don't have nothing. There's a lot of people who come and they got the papers and they got the swagger and they got the, you know, they got the hair and they're puckering their lips, you know, and you know, see, God, I got, I got the paperwork here that shows and I know somebody and this is what we do spiritually speaking. And, and you find yourself outside, you say, why do I feel so distant from God? That's how the Christianity, it's like this bizarre uh, analogy. I know it's bizarre, but it's, it's this bizarre thing. Like it's like a nightclub that the only way in is that you don't have any reason to be there at all and you know it and you come saying, I have nothing here. It's, oh, come right on in. And as soon as you, you start to think, you know, I got something here. I got a little more swagger than that. I got a little more dance moves going on. Then, then you find yourself, you're outside. As soon as you begin to think, you got the credentials. You say, why am I outside again? Oh my goodness. That's the gospel. Paul says, uh, I'm sorry if that's just too weird for some of you. That's just, I'm really sorry. When I saw that they were not acting in line with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas in front of them, I mean, he's, he's confronting Peter, right? Jesus said, on this rock I will build my church. And Paul says, even, and all of us do it, anybody can get out of line with the gospel. And he has to stand up and say, no, you're out of line with the gospel. And it's causing, it's causing uh, discord, it's causing him to draw away, and it's leading, he's leading even other people into this mess. What a mess. We need God's help. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would drive the gospel deep down into our hearts, that we might know it and live it. Um, this is not something that we just need. Um, if we've really never explored the Bible and never been in church before, this is something that just every single one of us needs to apply and live in line with in whatever situation we're trying to jam our credentials into the equation. Would you please free us from that and help us to come to you with nothing and find the freedom of credential-free community. We pray that your Holy Spirit would make this work by a miracle because that's what we need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.